0: and welcome back to the Next Level Podcast with Dr. Leslie. I am your host. We have got another Q&A episode today. We just had so many questions coming in from fans and listeners. So we're just going to rattle them through. And no, this is not going to be a carnivore, (laughs) a carnivore (laughs) Q&A today. We sort of milked that. I will kind of come back to some of those because we still have some trailer uh, questions about it. And it's very fascinating Uh, to everybody, but no, this is all about, oh, good stuff, relationships, I think, right? Yeah,
1: it's because I'm having issues, and I need your help.
0: (laughs) Basically, my Q&As have become about Lana, my (laughs) producer and engineer. She basically has her own podcast and is infiltrating mine, too. She's getting free advice, (laughs)
1: basically, is what she's doing. (laughs) (laughs) This is the way to do it. It's the way to do it. shoot. I had a question. Basically, I was asking, what are some practical... Practical tips for maintaining a balanced and fulfilling romantic relationship? This is a great question because I have
0: a very strong opinion about this. Okay, I, Sex is really important in a relationship. Having great sex, having that passion, mm-hmm. that intimacy. I mean, I know people think, well, maybe- So sex is the answer. Sex is a very big part of it. But oh. people, how, they, the next question out of that is, well, how do I keep the passion and the desire right. alive so that I keep desiring my partner? There's a lot of people who feel that, you know, humans aren't supposed to be monogamous and, and all the things. But we're also emotional beings and that can be very challenging. And, yep. like, so that's a whole other discussion And there's different opinions about that. It's harder for some people, easier for others. It's kind of maybe an individual decision. I'm not going to even go there and, and talk about my perspective on it necessarily. But for people who want to engage in any type of relationship, whether it's one or multiple or whatever, in that relationship, sex is incredibly important. So as a clinician, I always talked about sex with my clients for everything. Sexual health was like always on when we had had any discussion that was emotional or relationship related because people don't it's so taboo they don't Mm -hmm. address it they you know skirt around it and it's like oh well that's kind of a big part of the issue so so in terms of how do you keep the passion alive to keep the sex going I mean obviously you can get more adventurous in the bedroom and all those like classic type things but I'm a big advocate of space and that sounds counterintuitive why would I want space for my partner so that I can get close to them and sex is the most intimate well when you're so up each other's assholes and I'm not talking literally this is a figurative I mean although you might be literally but when you're so up literally and figuratively each other's assholes all the time you kind of can get tired of them and bored. Some, some research has said that there's pheromones. You get you know, used to each other's pheromones after a certain period of time or whatever. It's so important. I, I said when I divorced my ex-husband, I would never be in a passionless relationship again. Good for you. Because passion is everything. Yes. In the last Q&A we talked about you have to be passionately passionate about your belief systems so that you can transform your life, because it all starts with your beliefs, right? But you have to be passionate about it. It has to be something that you do and you're committed to, because that is what is driving your entire life. So even in a relationship, you need to be passionate, not just about the relationship and making it better and excelling. It's about being also passionate about your partner. So to be passionate about keeping the passion alive, being passionate about having a great sex life, being passionate about keeping that relationship alive, sometimes means saying, I need to get the fuck out of your space and take some time and do my thing and not be all up in your asshole, figuratively and literally, (laughs) so that I have a genuine desire and an appreciation for you and maybe hijack that whole the pheromones are getting used to each other type
1: of thing. Yeah, because that's not good. You know, so so how do you okay? So if you live with somebody, say you're like like you're in a relationship, like your husband and wife have kids and you're living together, how do you get space then? That is a
0: unfortunately fucked up situation.
1: <laughs> 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 Fuck
0: marriage, bro. No, it's it's a great question, one that I don't have an answer to. I'm not going to pretend I have all the answers because I haven't. I I still, I'm, I actually am very much questioning the way in which we are raising children. It is not natural. No, it's not. To have a two-parent household and children, and those parents raise them. It is not normal. We slid into this very sneakily by our society, putting all this pressure on us, going from community-based raising children to two-parent, to now fucking one.
1: <laughs> you know, it's all the
0: divorce, rates right? like the guy leaves or the girl leaves or whatever, right. and it's all on one. I mean, it's, it is ferocious. It is not natural. You know, you have two parents doing everything, rearing children and working, and when are they going to have time for exercise and sex and downtime? It doesn't exist. The whole concept of what you just said is completely fucked up. Wow. I— I we need to go back to the community raising children look at what's happened we went from the community where the grandparents raised the kids and the grandparents love the children so they have all the patience in the world and all the wisdom and all the things and the parents went off and got food and worked and brought the resources to the family while the kids were raised by the grandparents had all the patience and they're like oh so cute and you better not do that because when I was your age <laughs> you know that's sweet right and they can't you know whatever that what's happened now is these two sad unfortunate parents are being responsible for raising their children and what they end up doing instead is giving them over to the system and the schools are now raising the children uh, but the Don't two parents that. are still having to do all the all, all the homework and all the mm-hmm. housework and everything else. That is a fail. You know what's just so funny? just people in that that immediately is a fail. Yeah, it, it will not work. You will either get divorced or you will be unhealthy. You will get cancer. You'll get sick. You will hate each other. Drive passion, yourself insane. The passion will die. Right. The passion will die. There's no room for growth. I was so passionate about my own personal development since I was a little kid, so I kept growing mm-hmm. despite all the crazy I was in that type of uh, situation my there were other reasons you know misalignment like I grew there was just things didn't align anymore, so you I grew like, a little faster than he did peace out I feel that so um but you know I was totally equipped to be able to do it. I was doing it like doing the whole society pressure thing, but it was not healthy for me either right um but it's that I was able to keep the passion going I could have spent more time apart but the nature of how it was kind of there's some dependency there's some fear because I was growing you know it was just it didn't end up I felt suffocated and there are other again other things that happen so I know that it's doable my mindset was right I just didn't have the right person Mm -hmm to be able to, who understood that and allowed that and encouraged and was comfortable with it. So the first thing, really, is to make sure you pick the right person to be in a relationship with.
1: (laughs) Good luck, Lana.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And for all those who didn't listen to the prior podcast, listen to that one because we talked a little bit about changing your belief systems to choose the right partner. Right. So first pick a good person that you know will grow and you know you have to to do that yes exactly that's the first thing and then and you you align on your concepts and understanding of of passion and the importance of time apart and that's going to bring you closer together and the vulnerability and all those other things you know those are like should be staples when you when you're choosing somebody but no sex a hundred percent even in my marriage we were having sex like two three days a week up until right before i decided you know this no longer works because I sex is important to me yeah you know even though I hated his guts I'm like I still need sex I still want sex it's still we're still a couple right it was you know it allowed us to kind of still keep the momentum and the flow going in the relationship and any last thread of hope that could have been you know You know,
1: um,
0: uh, you know forged to keep the marriage together yeah I feel that you know but with that you know there's those other pieces so sex but
1: to piggyback yeah. like on what you said because i was i was watch it's a little back you'll get it in a second but i was watching a youtube video with my with my brother and they said that somewhere in like taiwan or thailand something like that it was an asian an asian country or something but they said that they um, they leave their babies outside just to get sun, they leave the baby in a stroller, leave the baby outside just to get sun. And th- I'm talking like the parents walk away the whole nine. There's like there's like tree stumps that have a bunch of little strollers, babies parked and no one touches the babies. My brother was like, what the fuck? What if someone steals the baby? What if someone kidnaps the kid? And I'm like, you know, that's only an American thing.
0: Yeah. It, I mean, other cultures don't have the fucked up shit we have here. Yeah. Yeah. And and that community is like, it's like a watch They're Right. It's a community. It's a, over it's,
1: there, even like in transportation, because they're like, they're, there's like eight year old kids that are taking the subways right. by themselves. But it's like, it's, it's a norm over there because they literally believe in, it takes a village to raise a child. Right. Reason being, because if I let my child go outside, it's everybody's responsibility. It's like an unwritten that's right. law. That's right to, for everybody to take care of that one child. So if you leave your stroller right there next to a tree stump, you're just watching the baby. Yeah. You're not trying to steal it, steal the baby. You're just trying to watch the baby and that's it. If anything happens, the baby cries, pick it up. If the baby falls over, put the baby back in the stroller and just leave them <laughs> at the tree stump. You know kind of deal? But everyone yeah. takes care of the baby. In that sense, like you said, if everyone did that in America, I feel like if, if you were able to, like, let your children go outside safely, I feel like a lot of people would have better relationships because they're not so stressed out about their fucking kids. And, like, the simple fact that you have, like, like you have to go to the park with your kid. You have to. And that's where you're, you're trying to tire your kid out so that you can go home and go to sleep or even, like, just to relax. You, you, just to relax, you want to tire your kid out so you take them to the park but you have to sit there at the fucking park with your kid and waste your time. So yes. in that sense, if you if America wasn't so fucking perverted and didn't have all these fucking pedos, we would actually be able to let our kids go to the, the park by themselves, tire themselves out. We'd be at home alone with a, your husband. You get the time alone where you're...
0: Exactly.
1: That actually makes so much sense that if, 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 if America wasn't so corrupt, we would probably have a lot less of a divorce rate. Ooh, a hundred percent. Because people be believe fucking. It. That's fucking is important. Exactly.
0: They'll be relating. They'll be communicating. They won't be stressed out. Ah. They're not going to be like, I just got home from a fucking nine to five job, and Bill was a dickhole to me, and now I have to cook dinner, and and I I'm getting my fucking you know belly, or my ass is getting big. I can't yeah. go to the gym. The last thing I want to do is fuck. Like, I mean, it's it's a problem. The whole the whole construct of these marriages and families are totally, totally fucked up. Yeah. There's no way to have a healthy, long term, happy, long term relationship in the current structure. Mm-hmm. Then this is also why people are like, okay, well, then I'm gonna make money so that I can have a nanny. And then they can take to them to the park. Mm-hmm. And then, but then you're you have to you're killing yourself to try and get that promotion, do all the things in the late hours to get the money, to get the, it's just, you see the cycle. Well, then I can have, like, I did that too. Well, we're going to put a park in our backyard and we had all the things and, and we had the nanny and all the stuff and it's just, I mean, we still fit time in for for sex, but my marriage still ended,
1: Yeah, you know, exactly. because
0: there wasn't the time to communicate and talk about personal development. Like, again, it was a mis- mismatch too. Right. Really? you know, accelerate and I was doing those things. But again, it's, uh, it's just, you need, we need so much more downtime to communicate and just be. Right. By ourselves. Firstly, when, when is there any alone time in any of that schedule? Right, None. Then, after I'm good, I've meditated or I'm decompressed, then time with my partner who's next. Right. Cause without your partner, there's no relationship, there's no family right. the fucking kids, the family's broken. Right. After me and then my partner, then, then it's, the, it's kids. the kids. Yeah.
1: My mom told me the same thing. She said, My husband comes first, my kids come yes. second. And well, it's Well, not- I
0: say I come first, my partners and I are second. Right. Because if I'm not good, if I'm too overwhelmed or if i'm you know in my space i need to get centered so i can be my best for my partner right so it's again and it
1: says it like i I hate to throw religion in there but it literally says it in the bible you put your husband first your children second and a lot of people are putting their children first and their husband second but that's the reason why divorce happens because
0: i have a lot to say about that but i'm not going to say all of it shut up why because there's so many women that I've seen in my years and years in clinical practice where they prioritize their children, mm. and I'm and just forget like, the husband. It's like they only got married so they can have the babies, and they don't give a fuck about their guy. That's so rude. It's I find so, that so it's like, so weird. I've seen it many times, and I'm just like they live for their children. And I'm like, it's good to want to be a mother. I love that, but you're a mother because of the man yeah. that you procreated with, and you gotta do it together. That's but, not cool. But again, some people just have their motives, but it is absolutely has to be, after you're good, yeah. then yes, the first person outside of you is your spouse.
1: And you know what's funny is that I just, I kinda like thought of this, one of my friends who has been married, it's, they're a couple, they're, um, their name is Shane and Stacy Spark, shout out Shane and Stacy. you would love them. Okay. You would love that. Either way. They're a married couple. They're porn stars. And they um, I asked them like not too long ago, I was like, How do you guys make your marriage work? Like you guys are literal best friends. Like how do you how do you guys do that? And Shane, the guy, he was like he was like, close the gap. And I was like, What what do you mean by that? He was like, If there's a gap between you and your wife, close it. Touch her, touch her foot, touch her hand, just touch her shoulder, like cuddle with her. Just sit next to her. Like that's all you need. Sometimes you can sit next to each other and like be in complete silence, but you just know that they're next to you. And sometimes that's affection. Like like sometimes that's that little bit of affection of like, you're touching my foot. And it's like, Why are you touching my foot, motherfucker? Like, wait, wait, you trying to start some kinky or something, you know, or like even her, like she even says that um her closing the gap is like, I'll just walk out of the shower in a thong. Like, I'll do something that's like, hey, get your attention. But it's also like what Shane says is like, close the gap. Because if she's walking out of the shower in a thong, and she doesn't do that often, she's telling you something. And women aren't the type to tell you what the fuck they want. Like, they're not going to tell you like, hey, you want to have sex? No, she's just going to walk out in a fucking thong. And then he's just like, you have to pick up on it. Like, oh, right, you know, so... That close that gap was probably one of the best advices I've ever heard from a couple, at least.
0: Yeah, that's really great. And and to be able to know what that firstly that there is a gap. Yeah. And how to close it, there has to be communication. Mm-hmm. And then you have to be able to then take that communication and then apply it. Yeah. And again, that is being passionate about your relationship you have to give a fuck about your relationship. It's you one need to communicate. You people to be passionate. Yes, exactly, which goes back to the choice of your partner, mm-hmm. which is why I said I will never be in a passionless relationship. It doesn't just mean passion between the two. The person can't not be passionate. Yeah. The person has to be passionate about themselves, about their growth, about me, about the relationship, about sex. They need to be a passion-filled person and be able to express it. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference between passion and you know, some people equate passion with, like, explosiveness and drama. No. You know, passion is just you want what you want, and you want it, so you're going to do whatever it takes. Right. That's it.
1: There's just an intensity
0: like... behind it, and you will do whatever. And that is the other thing is along that note, well, I've had people say, well, I'm not a very passionate person, or my my mate isn't that passionate. Oh, they God. Everybody can be passionate.
1: Every single person is passionate.
0: You can be. There's something that everyone is passionate about. Yeah. It's just they're choosing not to cultivate the passion in different areas. Like, it doesn't mean you have to be passionate about Star Wars if you don't like Star Wars. But if you really want to be in a relationship, you really want to be in a healthy relationship, that's really something that's important to you, then you can dig in and make it a – you can cultivate the passion. Just like – you know, um, like I said in even the last episode, you want to be passionately passionate. Yes. About having passion. Yes. First. Not just passionately passionate about your belief systems or about sex or about your partner. Be passionately passionate about passion, which means do whatever the fuck it takes to have passion about something. Yeah. Figure it out. (laughs) Figure it out. Figure out what you need to do to feel passionate and excited and bubbly about something. And if you really want that relationship, figure out what it is that you need to do to be passionate about that subject. Yeah. And then when you start learning how you ignite passion in yourself, you've got the tools in your tool chest and then you've become a passionate person. And then you just apply that to all of the things that you want to do in life. So it's, that is, like, one of the big screening things that I think people should put on their list when they're talking with someone is how much passion does this person have? True. It's not just, you know, drive or success because people think that's the same thing. It's about passion. When they want something, do they go in and de- get it? And, you know, are how much are they willing to sacrifice? Like, how how deep does their passion run how intense is it and see if that matches yours i think that's a really important thing for people to start considering because i'm an incredibly passionate person if you haven't noticed <laughs> it takes a very particular person to match me in my level of passion with everything because i'm i'm when i your
1: voice shows me how passionate you were over the weekend
0: <laughs> oh my god you're calling me out on my <laughs> on my voice. It's true. I had such a great time. I had such a great time at the Tango Festival. <laughs> it was the music was loud and I was talking and squealing and I was also recovering from some allergies and I had some drainage post nasal drip. And the huffing and the puffing and the yeah. This is my sexy voice. You're so funny. <laughs> Whatever, Lana.
1: I'm dying. That was a great <laughs> reference like
0: the post nasal drip she liked that one folks oh my god we got a snort out of her too
1: you did sorry okay laughing with Lana everybody laughing with Lana I'm always laughing motherfuckers oh my god that was a really good one hold on let me see if I have another question she has to pull herself together I know I did because I'm like okay next question please next question oh my god let me see if I have something good see um what,
0: I mean, what do the listeners want to know? I'm funny? gonna edit this part
1: out. Hold on, let me write it down. So, you find
0: it. I can I'll just keep talking in my raspy one nine hundred number voice.
1: <laughs> I thought you were just gonna say to... one 900 <laughs> Okay, I'm done. I'm done. <sighs> okay, what you are... wish so
0: many wonderful things for me? She's taken my weekend and made it you such a no exciting, ideas. a more adventurous weekend than it was. <laughs> I love it. In my
1: head, in my head it was like there's confetti in this bitch, okay? (laughs) What the there's confetti coming out of your asshole, your mouth everything. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It's a circus in there. Okay, 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 okay. Okay.
0: okay. Comedians for you. Sorry. Don't have a comedian. Actually, yes, have a comedian (laughs)
1: as an engineer on your podcast. I highly recommend it. It's a hoot. (laughs) It's a hoot. Okay, 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 sorry. Um, what are some key communication skills that will enhance both personal and professional relationships? What was the first part? What are some key communication skills that can enhance both personal and professional relationships?
0: Key communication skills. Um, listening is incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Not, cutting, not cutting off your person. It can be a little bit difficult for me. Well, that's a good one. So I do that. I mean, the listening is tough some, sometimes because I know <laughs> I know so much shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so I like to, to believe. And it is true to a great extent. And I tend to know where people are going with their stories because I've been listening to people talk yeah. about their problems for decades as an NP, as a coach, as a, right. you know, studying my own self like a, you know, a caged monkey. Um, I kind of have a lot of intuitive insights about where people are going. So I I can struggle with that at times. I'm much, much better to keep my mouth shut and let them, because sometimes it's not even about what they're saying. They just need to get it out. Let them say it. So that's the biggest thing, I think, is the first is good listening.
1: You know what's so funny is that I've noticed that when I'm upset, and i kind of shut down because i do that I, i'll just shut down and i'll let the person talk and i'll just listen i have noticed too many times that people will fucking tell on themselves when they do that right it's so true so true you just sit there and just listen they will keep talking to avoid that awkward silence to the point where they're just like talking and talking and talking And then you're like you just fucking tell it on yourself bitch yeah i have yeah and it,
0: so it's it's powerful in many, many ways. Because mm-hmm. you're right, people get uncomfortable. If you're just staring and looking at them, they will just ramble and they will just say shit. Yeah. And it's very illuminating. Very. It's it's helpful for them because they want to feel heard. But yes, if they're if if it's a conflict where they might have made a mistake, then the truth comes out.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: so it's like double, double powerful. So that is communication skill numero uno. Right. Dos. I would say is try to be well you have to be as calm as freaking possible Ooh. because one of the relationships that I had unfortunately had ended because the it got very intense not on my side. I don't like people who have to yell, yell or raise or get really intense. It's unnecessary. Mm-hmm. And we can have adult conversations, grown-up conversations. I've, I've had to talk with people, not in argument style, but about difficult situations, how yeah. to problem-solve things that are literally life-changing. Like when you have to talk with someone who just got diagnosed with HIV or Fuck. or cancer that's not curable, and they're losing their shit, and they're wanting to blame everybody, including you, and they're yeah. going to sue and all. You have to learn to listen, mm-hmm. have compassion, and calm. and help them calm down or have a calm conversation because no problems can be solved. In fact, they're very damaging. And I ended an entire relationship of this person I loved so much and still do have so much love for Mm -hmm. because the communication was very, very deeply unhealthy and one that I chose not to participate in. Right. Multiple. There were multiple times. You know, there were opportunities to change and grow. So being able to share your problem or concern in a very calm non-confrontational blaming way so I like to use the word I this is something we learned in like the first semester of nursing school way back a gazillion years ago I feel that you know you don't want to say you right I'm feeling that you know when I'm feeling attacked when you say such and such I feel my experiences I don't like this Right. So that's another way to kind of keep from escalating. Um, And I just will I mean, this is kind of a side thing, but, you know, you just disengage if someone is yelling. I literally somebody it was uh, a friend of mine's boyfriend kind of lost his shit. And I was in the line of fire because I guess she was nitpicking at him all fucking day. And I said one little tiny thing. It was really nothing. And he lost his shit. I have not been yelled at at basically a stranger ever in my life. It was a very fascinating experience for me.
1: I love you. Um, and I just was
0: like, I literally was like a dog. I looked at him sideways and I was just like, <laughs> the funniest thing is because my, my girlfriend was was looking at me. And I, I literally, she goes, this is what you did. Uh, this? I don't do this. And I just turned around and walked away. And that's what I did. I'm like, this? No, 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 no. I, I don't do that.
1: I'm weak. And, I just, and I just
0: walked off because it's true. I I will not engage. I will not allow someone to think that they can just for something that's irrational and I knew had nothing to do with me. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's try that one again. <laughs> uh, uh. So it's really important to have a good tone when you're communicating with somebody. That's so
1: funny. It's one, of my, one, of my exes, one of my exes, he was um... – he loved to yell at me, and one of my favorite things was like I used to be like why like why are you yelling? Yeah, what did you and say? he say? He he it would always calm him down. It just it always worked. R- I'm not yelling. I'm like you're you're I'm not yelling. You're yelling. No, it's cause baby, it's cause this and this and that. And then I'm like, you call him out. Yeah, you just like why why are you yelling? What is.
0: That's good point. to diffuse it cuz sometimes people don't they've they've their neural pathways are so ingrained because they've witnessed it when they were kids, their parents yelling. Yes. They don't even know when they're escalating. <laughs> they don't. They're just like you know when <laughs> you and I are
1: you're
0: just like oh my what the hell just happened? Like we went from 0 to 9000 in like 2.4 milliseconds. <laughs> And, yeah, you're right. It's just – it's a neuro thing. So bringing someone – your pattern interrupting. Yeah. So that would be a really good communication skill. Not like – I mean, these are, we're, we're troubleshooting communication skills. Yeah. These are not healthy baselines. But, no, that's a really great suggestion. You know, when, when someone is escalating, you want to hijack their emotional state. Yeah. And in all coaching, that's what you do. You just want to intersect. You can say something very kind like that. I know um, Tony Robbins used, like, very dramatic ways to, to like – get someone out of state like he's been known to say something well do you think he's upset because you didn't give him a blow job and it just takes them out of their anger and like it gets them into this funny place so that they can then start thinking in a more in a different way you're just you're intersecting or hijacking their emotional right. state so that's a very great suggestion actually Lana as to just
1: why are you yelling yeah it's um, funny because that's like the site. There was a psycho, uh, a psychology experiment that we had to do in college where they said um, if you ask somebody why are they breathing heavy, no matter what they always answer, even if they're not breathing heavy, they'll be like, "Why are you breathing so heavy?" And they're just like, "Oh, it's because I just I just came from outside." Like, what are you talking about? They always answer why they're breathing heavy.
0: Oh, it's like a reflexive, like to rationalize or yeah. Reasoning.
1: We're just I, it was just a, it was just a psych a psychology experiment mm. in college, and it's funny because I'm like it, it's it works when people are acting crazy, like like if people are acting you know if people are loud, it's like why are you being loud? Calm down. Like, I, why are you yelling? I, and then they go I'm and not, then they're I'm like not I'm not lo- yell- I'm not being loud. But it fucking <laughs> works. Yes. It's funny, huh? Yeah, it's the power of the mind. Like yeah. guess, psychology. Like, why are you really- being so crazy? I'm not. I'm not being crazy. Like, right. like all of a sudden, they want to, yeah, like, <laughs> the, the knife comes down. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, fuck you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> the shank all of a sudden
0: goes back in the pockets. You're like, wait, what? What do you mean? No, I'm not. <laughs> we outed you. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's a good one. Yes. So, okay. let's see. Before we wrap up, right? We're yep. getting close. Uh, mm-hmm. Another communication skill. I think that's really important. So we said uh, listening, we said body language.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, body language says a lot, especially when, even if you're talking to like, you see?
0: (laughs) (laughs) You see? The people listening can't see what my body language is saying right now. Wait,
1: see, there's angles, girl. (laughs)
0: Actually, it's really funny. I have a good um, example of that. Okay. body language is very powerful. When I was working in the mental health, I was working in psychiatry as a nurse practitioner. And I was seeing like a lot of really mentally ill people. And one of these guys came in, I think he had bipolar, if I remember, schizoaffective or whatever. And he uh, um, sits down on the couch across from me, right? And I kind of knew how to relate, you need to relate and build rapport. And I was finishing my doctoral degree. He sits down. And he's like, you know, you know. So you're my new, you're my new uh, quack, huh? So you're gonna give me some pills for? I'm not taking any fucking psych pills, you know. You know, they all they do is they make me too calm and I can't think properly. And you know, I I like being. And so you know, he was sitting there like this, all hunched, right? And so slowly in my chair, I start matching his body language. Ah. So I start slouching down and crossing my arms and getting Shut like up. leaning forward and. And talking, matching my language to him. Right. You know, he's talking abruptly and one at word answers or whatever. And sorry, I started matching him, like, just in the way that I communicated. And after, like, five minutes, you know, I'm like, well, I don't want to put you on medication if, you know. You don't want to. If, if you don't want to. But, I mean, you're going to be out there. You're going to commit another crime. You're going to be back in the, the cling, clink or whatever it is yeah. I said. And I said, so, I mean, what happens to you doesn't matter to me. It's your life. Right. I, I, it was sort of like. You matched his energy. Right. So it was, it was very, it was something that a technique that I was learning. It was very, maybe not traditional, Uh but it was some research that was kind of coming out. And when he felt like I wasn't trying to push him into a certain medication and that I was basically just like, he didn't want it. He was making a point of saying, I don't care about you and you're nothing. And you're just a, you know, I was just like, well, you're just a patient, I You know, like, what happens to you is your responsibility. I'm here to help. If you don't want my help, that's fine. Bye. And when I didn't push him and I allowed him to be him and I matched him with the intensity and the, like, it's okay. And mm-hmm. he felt comfortable because I was relating. He, at the end, he's like, okay, fine. I'll give your shit a try. What are you going to give me? <laughs> I swear to God. He left there with a fucking prescriptions and he filled <laughs> those goddamn things <laughs> power of body language power of body and language matching right. now matching doesn't always work like if someone's angry you don't want to be super angry obviously right. but that was a very particular situation when you're trying to build rapport and to get someone who's resistant to kind of loosen up this is again this is a very particular situation but yes body language when your partner is hurting or whatever you know, you want to not stand aggressively and open. You want to be kind of sideways with your hands forward and relaxed. There are techniques that you can use that, that make the impression that you are compassionate and you're willing to listen. Right. So that is a, a good one. Be cognizant and also not having a resting bitch face because there's some people that you talk to that just look angry all the time. Me, <laughs> they need to go
1: get botox. My talks. concerned look. Like, <laughs> me, my concerned look looks like I'm dogging you out because, like, if someone if someone's like telling me like an interesting story and I'm trying to like focus, like, uh I'm always like this. <laughs> like you're confused. I look mad. Like, yeah, like, like judgy. That was very judgy. Ju- that's my. Point.
0: Okay, you and need- I swear I'm like genuinely honey, into. Honey, I got a situ- I got a solution. I'm gonna botox your face so Let's good. Let's go. You I've been will asking not you. be able to move a fucking muscle, and you're gonna have the most angelic, compassionate face ever. Doctor
1: <laughs> Leslie fans, please get, please spam her DMs and spam her comments to give me that botox because it's bad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, we're doing a GoFundMe Lana's botox through my podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's all about her. It's not the the next level podcast with Doctor it's the next level podcast with
1: Lana oh my god all right next level the next level is laughing with Lana and oh level, that's funny oh my god <laughs> sorry She's okay
0: everywhere I'm done no
1: I love it I love it
0: I think that's a wrap huh yes it is my meme. Right. we got some good ones again today I hope that helped everybody I love you all until next time